Welcome to MBA Connections with me, your host, Lashanti the Siren. This podcast will be diving into the MBA Connect Network. This network exists to connect. <laughs> this network exists to connect MBA managers across the Caribbean. In this special series, each episode will feature interviews with managers from across the network to show how this initiative is meeting the real needs of MPA managers by tapping into the wealth of real-world experiences and inspiring new approaches and ideas for their marine protected areas. Today, our guest is Francis Leanne from Roatan Marine Park. Welcome, Francis. Thank you so much for Thank being on the show. No, it's great to be on your show. Thank you so much for the invitations. It's a real privilege to be here with you today. Definitely. And I'm actually really excited for this episode. So before we begin, can you give us a brief introduction? Let us know who you are, the title that you have, and your organization, your MPA, and of course, your country, which I think some people might already know. <laughs> well, my name is Frances Lean. I am Leanne. I am the executive director of the Roatan Marine Park. Um, I've been working for the Marine Park for over three years now. We are located in the Mesoamerican Reef. And our, the name of the MPA we work in, it's called the Bay Islands National Marine Park. And uh, it's managed in a very unique way because we have different co-managers. I'm one of the co-managers of, uh, well, not me, the organization, the Rotor Marine Park is one of the co-managers of the, of the uh, marine protected area. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like what did... What brought you to the role that you currently hold? What was your journey through conservation? Like, did you always start off wanting to work in marine protected areas? Well, actually I did. And I guess my dream came true after 20 years of hard work. <laughs> yeah, I've been in many different places, many different positions, which has actually brought me where I am right now, which has been like my dream job. Actually, when I got this position, I was very excited and told everyone, this is my dream job. And it has been amazing journey, uh, meeting amazing people during this whole uh, period. I started in, um, I graduated as an environmental scientist in 2000. Uh, but before, uh, from my, my father, it's a fisherman, so I love the sea. So since I was a kid, he's from a port a city called Dela here in the mainland, and he always loved fishing. And I always go fishing with him and my family on vacations, and that is his passion right now. Before, it used to be like a way of living, but now it's his hobby, and it's really, uh, he's really passionate about it. And um, I used to hear stories from him. Oh, I remember many years ago when I used to go fishing here, we will sit down just for an hour and catch this many fish. But now we're only ca uh, catching less. It will tell me like from, we used to catch 30 in one hour and now 20. So it caught my attention, you know, it's like, why is it less? What's happening? So since I was a kid, I was always interested in the marine conservation, what's going on, what's happening, trying to help that. Trying, I don't know if at that moment was trying to help my dad catch more fish, right? But that really get me, got me like thinking this is a great I mean, what's going on? Then we used to go to the lake. So we always uh, are we're near water, but the ocean has always been my passion. And um, then during when I decided to study environmental sciences, I had the opportunity during my uh, college years to actually go into this program with an organization called Coral Key Conservation. And they gave me my first 
two diving courses and I was the happiest person in the world. <laughs> so it was it, it was amazing for me. It was a great opportunity. It got me to go in the water, see it up close and personal. And it was really amazing. And then I decided, okay, let me, I was, I actually wanted to study um, marine biologist. However, in my country, in the university, we didn't have that opportunity or that career. So I said, I'm going to study environmental sciences. And I really don't regret it. It has been a great journey. It has taken me many places and given me many opportunities. And uh, my fam, uh, my friends and family, uh, they have enjoyed it too. I've met so great people. And, uh, and then right, right after finishing my first bachelor's degree, I get two years later, I got a scholarship uh, for the Netherlands Fellowship Program. So I went to the Netherlands for two years and got a master's degree on urban environmental management, which also opened a lot of doors, uh, gave me more enthusiasm when I, I say, oh, I'm going back to my country. I'm going to apply everything that I've learned. You know, yeah. when you come back from a country learning all those developing countries, you say, oh, I wanted my country to be like that. And you come all excited. <laughs> and then you come back and, okay, how do I get a job? I just started. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my God, this, you get grounded, everything, all your dreams that you wanted to do. It's not that you're going to do it immediately, so you have to work for it. So I actually got different jobs in consultancy, always in that area of environmental engineering, like waste management and environmental impact assessment. So that kind of work, which was not related directly with conservation. However, from my point of view, it's always related to conservation because if I make sure that the wastewater uh, has the proper quality and the management of the solid waste and all those, and the impacts are reduced, you're contributing to um, to conservation. However, I wanted to be in the water. I wanted to help the girl go diving all the time. And um, so after that, I got into a position in the military base here in Honduras, which actually um, took me to the to go to Africa in two occasions. Uh, I went to South Sudan first for two years, and then I went to Djibouti for over three years, which has been an, was an amazing experience. I was the environmental health and safety manager there. And it was great. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a continent that I've always wanted to go. I jump on board immediately when they told me there was a chance to go there. I say, yes, I'm going. So it was, it's been a great journey. And then I came back to Honduras. After that, I had a chance to apply for this job here at the Marine Park. And um, after two years, I actually got it. <laughs> I wasn't at the. I, I tried the first time. I didn't get it. I tried the second time, and I finally got it. So there you go. And, <laughs> yeah. Ever since, it has been really amazing. I mean, it's a. It's rough. It's not easy. Conservation. Um, I think requires a lot of discipline and a lot of commitment and a lot of passion. Yeah, for sure. It is one of those things that it's a passion-driven career. And if at first you yes. don't succeed, try again and you will get your dream job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I always tell people, you know, sometimes they tell you no, but keep on going. Perseverance is something very important that's really in my life has been very, very, yeah, significant. I always tell you, say no, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again until I, if I really want it, I'm going to get it done. Definitely. So let's talk a bit about your community and conservation at the Roatan Marine Park. 
Yes. <laughs> okay, so when I joined the Marine Park in, uh, it was in 2018, they already have a lot of um, achievements in the community and as an organization. So uh, this, this is an organization that created, uh, it's a very beautiful place, right? I, I know if you can see the, the picture, this is a small community in the east side. Um, we are a group, is a non-for-profit organization which is registered in the U.S. And it was created in 2005. So what happened in 2005? Um, the diving community, the community that was in the West End area, started seeing a decline in the resources. So they got together and say, okay, we have to actually do certain enforcements. Because as many countries, we have very good laws and regulation. However, the enforcement part of their regulations is we don't have the capabilities as a country to enforce all of the regulations that we have. So the Marine Park decided to join forces with uh, the local community, decided to create the Rotem Marine Park to join forces with the whole community and also the authorities to actually work with, um, to actually do enforcement. So they started patrolling the area. They started with one boat and now we have six boats. So we have moved quite fast. So it's been it's been 16 years, ups and downs. We've made mistakes. We have succeeded in many things, but we're here and we're here to stay. It's getting stronger and stronger. It's been a very strong organization. I'm very proud of the previous management because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And I wanna thank them for everything they've done. Um, so we're creating 2005 and our main focus is to work towards a healthy marine environment and make sure that the communities uh, are prosperous here on the Bay Line. So, we'll, so we learn that it's not just um, conservation, conservation with, uh, with only the species, the ecosystem. We know now that the communities are part of this ecosystem. And if we don't make sure that the communities are prosperous, are healthy, they're benefiting, they're in a great state, we won't have a we won't have conservation. Um, some people tell me, you know, without if people are not met, if the if the needs of the people are not met, they will never consider conservation. Mm -hmm. So, for us, is to work together as a community and make sure that they know the importance of what they have here, of the treasure that they have, and um, and make sure that that they keep it and they conserve it with their traditions. And they're uh, and make sure that everything, it's to, it's for their benefit. They know that it's for their benefits. It's not for benefits for uh, for just a few. It's for all of the community. Definitely. So, um, so we are located in the Mesoamerican Reef. We are the second largest. We are in the second largest reef barrier in the world after uh, Australia. Right. And we are part. We have four actually. We're Four countries that are part of this uh, Mesoamerica of the Mesoamerican Reef, which is over a thousand kilometers, a uh, lineal kilometer. So you can see here it comes from Mexico, it goes to Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras here mm -hmm. at the bottom. So you can see there that you have Honduras. So these are three islands. The three islands that you have here are where the Bay Islands National Marine Park is located. So you'll find it here. Uh, and if I apologize, sorry, I didn't mention here is Honduras, you know, really close. Yeah. 
<laughs> really there. I didn't mention it before. Sorry. <laughs> so um, now we are, this is the Valence National Marine Park. It's the largest marine protected area in Honduras. Uh, the, it's it integrates three islands, Utila, Roatan, and Guanaja. Mm -hmm. So we are here in Roatan, which is the main, uh, the largest island of the three islands. And we have here like the capital or of the, of how do you call it? We have, we're, di we're divided in departments. So this is where like where the main city are for the whole, for this department. Right. So this is Roatan and then each and every one of uh, the islands have been divided in different zones and the management of each and every one of the zones. Um, These areas have a different regulation and management. So that's what the Marine Park does. We actually help manage that area, enforce, make sure that all the regulations are met. We contribute to help with the community. So there are different ways to um, to make sure that everything complies, that everyone complies. And on this, all because this is the largest one, we have, uh, I think it's 600 and 650,000 acres that the area of the marine protect of the marine protected area so we have 14 co-managers for that area so it's a system that the government has yeah so the government normally they don't have the full capacity to do all the enforcement all the regulations all the research so what they do they have a co-management system right and in this co-management system they get together the organizations that actually work on the island and they um, they make a, an agreement, and in this we include NGOs, uh, local government, national government. Uh, it can be a private sector as well. So uh, mm -hmm. as long as this is an organization that works towards the protection of the uh, of the area, then it's then it's then they can be part of the agreement. So we are one of the of the 14 co-managers of the marine protected area. And um, so what do we have here uh, in this area, which is very valuable? We're gonna see all the different type of ecosystems that we have. Uh, we have seagrass, which is sometimes um, undervalued uh, ecosystem, which is very important, that's like yeah, and then actually, it's really interesting to actually learn here in Roatan about the importance of seagrass and how it is a nursery for uh, all the species that we have on the reef. So for me, it was like an eye-opening how important it is. And uh, it's been uh, trying to protect it. It's been quite challenging because people keep on pulling it out because they say, oh, no, it's dirt. Yep. It's, I don't want the grass. I want sandy beach. So... So this has been quite challenging, the seagrass situation, but mm -hmm. we're moving forward. And then we have beaches here. So beautiful beaches, the white sandy beaches where they are, um, they are actually protected. They're one of our conservation areas because it's still, because it is an ecosystem mm -hmm. here on the, on the island. Mangroves also very important and also very undervalued resource and they're really, uh, important. I know some people. Oh no, they create mosquitoes and all this. I know the concept of people. Sometimes when I go as a tourist to some places, oh no, I don't like the mangroves because there are mosquitoes there. And I'm like, 
you don't know how important this ecosystem is. Mm -hmm. You get all the babies when you go diving there or snorkeling, all they're all hiding there. So it's a great place to find different species. So they're very, very important. And then our coral reefs, you know, because they're beautiful. We have a very healthy uh, reef index here in Roatan. Uh, the HRI initiative, uh, Healthy Reef Initiative, they actually do have like an index. And in 2018, we had one of the highest, one of the healthiest reef in the Caribbean, in the, sorry, in the Mesoamerican reef. So it was, it was an amazing, um, how do you say, it had an amazing index, an amazing news or sport card for us. We did great there. And um, our mission on the Marine Park is to inspire, educate, and empower communities and visitors to protect and conserve the marine environment. So we have mentioned to whatever what I've mentioned before, this is what we want to do here in Rohan. We want to educate and empower all communities and inspire them, inspire people. We want to be role models for the people who actually um, do conservation, teach them why are we doing this, and um, and how important it is what we all have here on the island. So how do we do this? We have conservation programs. Um, as we as I mentioned before, we have mm -hmm. our patrol programs. We do enforcement. So we always go with the local authorities. I don't know if you have any questions. Like on the meantime, oh, yeah. just stop me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have our patrol program with this basically our signature program. And um, we go with two uh, Navy members and we provide the captain, the boat, the fuel, everything that requires for the patrols. We even provide meals for the Navy because you know, we have uh, our, we have limited resources. So we try to generate that for the, for, for the patrols. So normally, what are we looking for? We're looking for illegal activities. Um, spear fishing is illegal here at the Marine Park. Okay. And um, so we're looking for people doing spear fishing, uh, catching species that are not, um, how do you say, that are not allowed, that are forbidden to catch, which are most, which are mostly the herbivorous fish. Yeah. Because, yeah. So we got the parrotfish, which we all know, which are a very important species. And um, we also have tanks and any other uh, herbivorous fish that we, that they catch. It's illegal to catch. So we confiscate them, take the, and take them to the authorities so they can process the person actually doing all these legal activities. If there's any illegal development as well, sometimes there are constructions or mangrove removal or seagrass removal that we reported to the authorities so they can process them and then do the all the work. Just want to make clear, we're not an authority. We are an NGO, so right. we don't have the authority to do certain things. So we just Whenever somebody reports us to us, we're just a channel, basically. Yeah. And then whenever somebody reports us to us, we bring it up to the government. So they go to the authority so they can uh, actually uh, take action. And then we also do marine infrastructure. Unfortunately, I don't think I have a photo of our marine infrastructure. Um, what we do when you think about marine infrastructure, I remember when I started, I was like, what is marine infrastructure? I was thinking docks. But That's what marine infrastructure yeah, yeah, for me, that's marine infrastructure. But when here, when I left, is basically what we do is navi marine navigation infrastructure. Because what we do is we set up the buoys when you go diving. 
okay. or snorkeling. So that way the boats won't throw the anchor and damage the reef. Oh, that makes sense. And that's what we do. So we set up all the buoys so that way the boats can anchor easily and they will not have to damage the reef. And we have set up basically 90% of the, um, of all the marine infrastructure here on the, on the island. And we also have a navigation channels. We set up the channel markers. So whenever you navigate on the, like in the ocean, you make sure you go through the proper channel so you won't hit the reef. So that way it benefits for us as mm -hmm. for conservation and also the, the boat owners because they don't hit the propellers in, uh, on, the, on the reef and they don't damage it. So that's a win-win, right? So it's because right. it's, it's very expensive. Your propellers can cost from 200 to $500 here. So yeah, that's what we and then we also have sorry uh, and then we also have our co other conservation program with its community development and environmental education uh, we have different projects in the area of community development um our initial one was um, a beehive a bee production uh, farm that we uh created or we helped create actually a community of fishermen uh, when they did the uh, the regulations, their area where they used to go fishing, it was it was called a restricted area. So right. what we did is the fishermen that go there, that went, they used to go fishing there. We gave them an uh, like alternative livelihood programs, and so we taught them their wife actually, because women are very empowered there, and the, they have now a far uh, a beehive farm that they produce. Uh, from they, they have honey, they have soap, they have lotion, body lotions, they have different types of uh, byproducts, honey byproducts. So it has been a quite successful program. And then a few years ago, we started a program with the Carifuna community, which is here in Roatan. We had the first Carifuna community um, here in Punta Gorda. And, um, so we said, hey, like, let's encourage this community because they've been having uh, some issues regarding um, fishing and they've been doing illegal fishing. So we need to give them right. options because when we went to their community, they asked, okay, well, we need tourists there. We need people to come here and, and promote for them to come to come and see our culture. So we started trying searching for grants, where we could help, and we found an opportunity to actually set up or improve an area that they had that is called Satouye um, Cultural Center. So okay. we improved that area, set up bathrooms, set up an area where they can do dances, when they can have uh, two, how do you say, rooms where they can show their culture. Mm -hmm. And now we just, unfortunately, COVID happened. And it was kind of, <laughs> it was a little bit difficult. The cruise ship stopped, the tourists stopped. So we're not right now picking up and try to continue our work with them. And uh, it has been very successful project as well. And then we have environmental education in um, which we have uh, an educator who goes through all the communities and uh, schools and promote uh, education within the 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 island right now we're trying to set up working with the national government and finding a way to actually put the 
marine conservation in the national curriculum. Because right now it's very general, it's introduced in the science class, but it's not as focused uh, like as an environmental education like focused class. And we want to put it actually in the national curriculum. Uh, at least the marine protection it needs to be in the in the Bay Islands and in this area needs to be included. Right. Because some people don't. Uh, they, sometimes we have we've sadly seen that. Um, the local community do not know the value of what they have here. So we need to start to create that awareness for the local community to understand how important it is, to understand how the protection is and how it benefits. So that's how it has been our, our work. And then we have a research program. Uh, this is something in a way new. We have done it um, before certain activities, but not as focused as it has been done uh, for two years now. So we're doing sea turtle camps, trying to protect the sea turtles. We actually, sea turtle eggs, they are eaten here in Honduras. People are like, they think they're aphrodisiac. So they go hunt for the eggs and go to the beaches and find the nest. And so what we did is we, we thought of, this is a way of living for certain people. Mm -hmm. So um, we thought of, okay, if you find a sea turtle, a sea turtle nest, then we will give you a reward. So we, we nice. rewarded it with $100. We give it to the person who finds it. And then once it hatches, we give the community $100 so they can use it in schools or any other. So it was quite successful. Uh, we got, and we also not just that we actually put uh, put it online on our marketing, and we did fundraising. And there were a lot of people who were like, we do a fundraiser for do it. Many local people, local businessmen said, okay, I'm going to sponsor a nest, and they will give us the two hundred dollars, right. and then we will distribute it to whoever will find it. And right now we have this fish bunning aggregations research lionfish. We actually have a lionfish program. The Rota Marine Park is one of the organizations authorized by the government to issue lionfish licenses. Because, oh as I mentioned before, yeah, as I mentioned before, spearfishing is not legal here on the Bay Islands. Mm -hmm. However, for lionfish, it is. So, right. yeah, so we actually issue lionfish licenses for spear for spearfishing the lionfish. So, and we have also contests every every year to reduce the, the, that population to try to fight this a very invasive species that we have that it's reducing our biodiversity in the Caribbean and in the and in many places in this in this areas. So we have a coral restoration program as well. Um, we have 30 trees right now. We what oh. we do is we reproduce acropodas. We have three types. Mm -hmm. So you can come, take a core restoration course with us or with one of our diving members, our dive members, and they can, um, and then you can participate in outplant corals or you can just clean our trees. So it's awesome. it's been a very nice way to do hands-on conservation with the community. And then in general, coral reef right now, I don't know if you have heard about the disease that we have here on the Caribbean. Stony coral. So it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that you've heard about it. It's sad that it's here on the, mm -hmm. on, on our island. 
-hmm. Yeah, we found it here in September. At the end of September, it was found. It was reported by a citizen because uh, we've been doing certain work about it, communicating about the disease. And in September, we actually got a report about it. And it was identified the presence of stony coral tissue loss disease. So our team has been working really hard on doing intervention, but we're actually trying to do it a little bit uh, ahead and try to, we're trying to do um, ex situ, we call it, like outside conserve the species, take them out of the water, put them in special pools when we can keep them, reproduce them, and whenever the disease has passed, we can actually right. put them back on the ocean or at least start reproducing them, making sure they're resilient and all that. So we're trying to keep our hopes up because we need to do something. <laughs> and you can see here what you can do. This is one of our coral restoration uh, trees. So what we have is different trees and they have all the fragments. This is a new tree, so it has like small fragments. Normally you can, I don't think you can see them there, but we have like, they're full, like very bushy type of, of coral. So it's really fun to do, to clean them. You go with the brush and clean yeah. everything and remove algae it's really amazing so if you Actually, ever want to come to certified to do that so i got to experience cleaning and balancing and floating and scrubbing it so it is actually <laughs> very very interesting <laughs> yeah it's very i think you can meditate while doing it because you're doing there and just doing the cleaning mm -hmm. and it's really Ooh. it's very satisfying i love that some people love better to do the outland when mm -hmm. you put it on the reef and because it's, I guess it's still more active conservation and then just cleaning is really, I really like cleaning more than out planting. Don't tell that to our, <laughs> the, the person in charge of, of this program. Definitely won't. <laughs> so one of the things uh, we can all do for conservation is to share with others uh, all the information that we have and raise your voice, tell people about it. Try not to go into any fights or argument, just listen to people, what they say. I like to be, we try to try to be very open-minded about it. And I know people have different ways of seeing it. So um, share what you know, share your knowledge. And whenever you see something, uh, speak up. Mm -hmm. And also in every marine protected area, you will find uh, local marine conservation organizations. Uh, that you can help and support in different ways. As volunteers, you can donate to their cause. You can buy the products that they might be selling. Um, you can join their activities also when they do cleanups. There's so many ways where you can help in small little things and also actions that we do every day. That's one of the things that I actually um, learned when I was in my military stage <laughs> when I used to oh, work yeah. in, the, in the, that military base. Yeah, that everything we do, every single small thing that we do, even if you're in a landlocked place, everything mm -hmm. you do, it will always impact the environment. So every action from the water bottles, from the use of the tabs in the water, uh, from the waste, everything, every small action will contribute. You don't have to change your lifestyle. like. 160 degrees, but you can mm -hmm. immediately, but you can start step by step and you will get into the habit. Awesome. Yeah, so, so I do want to, oh, 
apologies. Yes, tell me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. That's the last one. <laughs> if you want to join our, if you want to join our social media, you have here all the links. Yeah, mm -hmm. of the Rota Marine Park. Awesome. Yeah, definitely interesting to hear about that. I know one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that, you know, it's important to educate the people. And I always say, you know, con conservation conversations. It's almost like a tongue-tie thing, but it's really just constant conversations with the community because they they there is this disconnect with conservationists. And I was really interested in the co-management part of what you guys do. Have you found that there were any challenges, um, maybe from an organizational standpoint, um, within your organization or with all of the other organizations, um, just any challenges when it comes to co-managing one area with like 13 other organizations that may have other interest? I think um, we have, we are very passionate in all the co-managers that are there. All the people, the lead persons are very passionate what they what we do. So sometimes we get really sensitive and, um, and you know, different characters, different way we are. But at the end of the day, I think we all know we're working for the same objective and the same purpose. And I think that helps a lot. We actually contribute with all those different organizations. We try to help each other. For example, uh, one of the uh, things that we do is that we have boats. The Marine Park has boats. And some of the other organizations don't have any. So what we do whenever they need to do an inspection or any work on the water, they can just come and they we collaborate with them. So we try to help as much as we can, and they try to, they help us as well. Whenever we do presentations, sometimes they, oh, we need an educator to do this presentation, this commitment about this topic. Okay, you do mangrove, we're gonna do a reef, or you're gonna do seagrass. So it's actually very cooperative. So yeah. we work together and we're, as I told you, it's like we're different people. It's hard managing people, even within my organization with the Marine Corps. Yeah, everything, people think everything, it's really happy. And But at the end of the day, what makes me happy about my organization is that all the people that work for the Rota Marine Park are very passionate. Whatever they do, they do mm -hmm. it because they love their work. You see them working until 9, 10, 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's been, it's really amazing, the passion they have. And even we have conflicts sometimes. But that is normal. I always say brothers <laughs> that don't fight are not brothers. <laughs> That's, That's my theory. You, yeah, you need to let it out and just, but, it, but at the end of the day, we know we're working for the same purpose. And it's really, sure. I, I tell people, I stay here at the Marine Park because of the team I have, the passion that they have. It's really amazing for conservation. They're really, really believe in, in what they're doing and they know that and that's what really satisfied me that I know they're doing everything for the best of the reef for the reef. And so can you tell me back about the um, military base in Africa and <laughs> so what does that have in common with an MPA in the Caribbean? I think what they have in common is the commitment that you have to have to go to a military base in Africa, even being a soldier, even being a contractor, you have to be a very committed person to what you do to go all the way there. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing place, Africa. It's, as I mentioned, uh, it's a great continent. And, um, and I think that commitment that they have, that passion that they have, and the discipline, because that's something uh, that we need to have here in the, here as an MPA. I was very fortunate that 
where the in Djibouti, it was really close to a diving place where I could go diving and it was to have beautiful reef there. So I had the chance to actually do it like during the weekends, I could actually go diving and see and see the reef that they have there, which is see that also they had a very uh, great place to find the uh, whale sharks. So one time I went, we went to a place where they had like 30 whale sharks around us, the juveniles, but it was amazing. So, but I think the discipline that you need to have commitment and perseverance, I think there's something I learned uh, from the military people how they passion and they really believe on what they're doing or their activities. So it's really, I think that's what I would say on finding, find income when they are. And where we were, the military bases are like a small city, basically. I was working for the base operating services contract. And um, so it's like a small city where you have a wastewater treatment plan, you have a, solid waste management, you have an incinerator for that, you have a separation, um, electricity, water, portable. So it's like a mini municipality. So it actually taught me many things about how to manage as a small, at a small scale, um, a minimum, a small municipality. And when I came here, it's basically what it is, except I don't have control this time of everything, but I have different stakeholders, different actors. Yeah. But at least I was able to understand everything, all the processes, because I learned it from there. So that has been a, a great opportunity for me. Yeah, it's so unique. I don't think I've ever heard um, anyone, you know, in Caribbean MPA management talk about comparisons to a military base in a country in Africa. <laughs> It's good that you brought this new perspective, and obviously it's beneficial to the network. So anyone who's watching can definitely hear about the experiences <laughs> you've had, and even maybe reach out and ask you a bit more. Um, what would you say, <laughs> out of all those things you listed, I know you said commitment, perseverance, discipline, but what would you say is the most important um, trait to have out of all of those in regards to Caribbean Marine Protected Area Management? I know we all have the passion. <laughs> Yes, I think leadership, it's one of the most important, good leadership is one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was very fortunate that I had pretty good leadership. I had very, uh, the leaders that I had were great. The people I met there, their leaders, I learned a lot from them. And sometimes I know that when I came here, everyone was, okay, she's not a biologist. She doesn't have the conservation part. So what is she doing here? <laughs> And it was hard for people to understand, but I guess the management part really helped me a lot. The leadership part as well, to be able to uh, to be part of the team and to feel part of the team and for them to accept me and to understand that I was, even though it wasn't in constant, it wasn't, I wasn't a biologist, that my passion was there. And yeah. I think it's something very important uh, because, and this might not be, uh, politically correct way of saying this, but sometimes the MPAs, we need to start seeing them as a business. Okay. Why? Because Why? for conservation, yes, we need we need the money to mm. be able to have people. And I need my my job is to actually guarantee that my people have the resources to do their job. Yeah. And I wish I was in the water more time and I wish I was doing more active more work on the field but actually my job 
is to make my people look good and look great and give them all the research so they can do they can succeed if they succeed i'm happy if they are the greatest educator in the world the greatest research with international recognition for me i did my job and sometimes uh, we want to get in the water i want something really and sometimes i do it i go i get in the water so that way i can i can remember why i'm doing this it's good to it read gives that. me peace of mind. Yeah. So I go back because normally only most of the time we're at the office and doing all office work, meetings. But and I and that's one something very important for me that sustainable financing of the organization is very important right. for me. One person once told me, one of the other co managers said, Yeah, people see romanticized conservation. And they see, oh, we do it because of, uh, I don't know why they think we do it. We, we do it because it. we love it. Definitely we have passion. We but hope we actually, to get things done, we need the money and the financing to get things done. And in a way, I try to see it as a, as a kind of business to make sure that we have enough money. So our props, I read a few days, I heard a few days ago that we are not a non-for-profit. Our profit, we should be uh, known as impact organizations because our profit is when we see all the conservation uh, all the what we're trying to protect being protected so that's our profit that's what we gain for from and then what we want is to make an impact so that's what i now i think you know what i'm trying to think it that way i'm not a business person one time i had a restaurant i wasn't very good at it but <laughs> But I try to see it that way, you know, as to make sure that you get the resources, my team has the resources to do their job the best way they can. Because I can't be on leave. Oh, no, we didn't have money for that. Oh, no, we have to. I'm still very stringent on the thing, but they said they're, I'm, I'm pretty stingy. <laughs> well, someone has to be, right? Someone has to be really close. Really yes. <laughs> but I try to make sure that they have all the resources. And we're trying to make sure that. That everyone's that everyone can do their job and that's actually my job to make sure that everyone has the resources and the passion and that we get we have an amazing i basically i have a very high-end team of professionals and i'm very proud of them that's good a good team is always <laughs> important definitely yes <laughs> so our, our last question before we come to a close which yes. is always it's, it's become a very fun one now doing this with this podcast who do you think would win in a fight <laughs> Between a bird of your choice, I was very vague, you can pick any species of seabird and an octopus. And why? I think <laughs> it depends on the on the seabird, right? Right. But I would think the octopus will win. It has eight arms. That's true. So I think it will win. Even if it's not hitting you from one side, it'll hit you from another one. Because with eight <laughs> arms, I think it will it will win in a battle outside the water or inside. So I'm pro the octopus. <laughs> Team octopus, definitely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the final thoughts for our viewers, maybe some advice you'd give to other MPA managers in regards to you know the organizational management side of marine protected areas. Um. I think I would say support your team, support the community. Um, without the community, we can't do our jobs. So that's something very important. We all want conservation, but at the end of the day, why we do conservation is because of 
the community. We want to make sure that the whole ecosystem, remember that they are part of the ecosystem. So we can't leave them out. So make sure that the communities are supported, make sure that your team is supported, that um, you have a good leadership, that's very important. Make sure that leadership worries about the team, uh, worries about, uh, has the passion for conservation at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, that was, I would say basically, that's what I would advise other managers in the protected areas. That was perfect. I think I think that is very important. Um, like you said, the team and support. So this has been great. Thank you so much, Francis, for being <laughs> on this episode of MPA Connections. To all of our viewers, thank you for tuning in again. To stay in touch with the network, you can follow MPA Connect on Facebook at mpaconnect.caribbean or on Instagram at mpaconnect underscore Caribbean. That way you'll learn about the work that's been happening in the network across the Caribbean as well as keeping in touch to see all of the podcast episodes for MPA Connections with Lashanti the Siren. Thank you so much and have a great day, Francis. We love that we had you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Have a great day, everyone. And you too. Thank you for everything, Lashanti. All right.